Welcome back to another episode of Between the Cones. As always, I am your host, Jack Crum, and uh, it was a very eventful week three um, in the Michigan Football League. Um, Lots of important things happening, lots of important things going on. Um, Obviously, a week until the, uh, the trade deadline takes effect. So on today's show, we're gonna we're gonna run down week three a little bit, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about trade rumors, some new signings that are happening. Um, that will conclude our first segment. Uh, then we'll have a short break. After that, we'll talk a little bit about Sunfin's football, their first win, um, and then we have an interview with the League Game Days, Mr. Parker Lanzak, in our first edition of Uncensored with the Great Park Bino. Then we'll go to another break, and then we will come back um, for another segment. We'll discuss uh, the one and two teams. Which one is the best? Which one's the worst? We got a lot of them, so we'll discuss that. Uh, We'll talk about Dylan's shenanigans this past week. Uh, The 69ers quarterback, Dylan Brown, um, obviously surprised a lot of people um, with what he did, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, And then in our final segment, as always, we'll have a little bit of a stat rundown um, of this past week, and we will have uh, early projections at week four. What's up, Niners Nation? It's quarterback Dylan Brown here. And after a long day of throwing touchdowns on the field, I like to roll up a nice joint using Zigzag Ultra Thins. Zigzag Ultra Thins will provide you with the longest and smoothest smoking experience you will ever see. And we are so confident that you will love the product that we are offering a 30-day money-back guarantee when you use code 69ers at checkout. Stay safe and roll Niners. Hey, Sunfins fans. Cole Fleming, quarterback for the Sunfins. Just want to give a special thanks to Odell for our sponsorship. Thanks. Go Fins. Welcome back to Between the Cones. We're going to get this first segment up and rolling here. And um, just right off the bat, we're going to we're gonna talk about some of the Week 3 uh, final scores. Um, the, uh, the Toads moved to 3-0, still undefeated on the season after they uh, escaped uh, the scary 69ers game, um, which was 45-42. And then, of course, the Sunfins pick up their first win of the season. You heard that right. The Sunfins did indeed win. Uh, they won by a large margin, uh, too. The final score was 70-56 to 56 over the Sailors. Um, that, of course, was um, courtesy of uh, Jack Quinga, who subbed in for the Sunfins that game. And, of course, Evan Good, who had a tremendous game. But... Um, We'll touch a little bit on the Sunfins' first win later on in a later segment. And then, of course, we saw the Vipers um, take down the Predators 59-34. Matt Yeager, of course, 12 catches for a touchdown. And Paul Schmidt with uh, five total touchdowns and two interceptions. Just a really, just a good game by the Vipers there. And uh, that leaves us basically almost halfway 
Um, about 45% done with the season, which is just very encouraging to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, so far we've had a lot of good games. Uh, I'd say that this week um, was probably the largest margin of victory week that we've had. Um, the rest of the games have been fairly close. Um, this week only one close game. Um but yeah, just an overall good week for uh, all parties involved. And we'll touch a little bit on the stats uh, later on in a later segment. So moving on here, let's talk about some trade rumors because they were flying around um, this past week. Obviously, the trade deadline is indeed week four. So, I mean, guys are going to have to start, you know, getting their team set for this final four-game stretch of the season here. And we saw Dylan Brown fake trade himself, which, again, we'll touch upon in a later segment, but fake trade himself to the Predators for Jack Quinga, which was just ridiculous and was a total hoax. Um, We also saw the Sunfins cutting Alex Smith this past week. So not really a trade rumor, but definitely a roster movement. Um, So they'll be looking for a new fourth. You also saw the Sailors uh, cutting ties with Arian Chaska and bringing in big name uh, Joe Caselli onto their team. Which I believe is going to help them tremendously, especially this week when you got the Vipers coming into town. So maybe that game can be uh, somewhat competitive now um, after they're bringing in Joe Caselli. So, I mean, there's been some trade rumors. Do I think that there's going to be some kind of all-out, like, trade deadline NBA frenzy? No, I don't. I I would be surprised if we saw another roster movement besides maybe the Sunfins bringing in another name, um, which I think they desperately need to. But pretty much, I think every other team is is pretty much set now, especially with the Sailors adding Joe Caselli to become competitive. Um, so that's where we're at with that. We're going to send this to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to touch a little bit on the Sunfins finally winning. It's been about two years. Uh, what that means moving forward. Does it save the Sunfins season? Can Cole pick up his first win of the season? We'll have all that and more coming up after this short break. In desperation at the Cincinnati Zoo, a four-year-old boy slips into the zoo's gorilla habitat and over a mobile wall. Suddenly, Harambe, a 17-year-old, 400-pound gorilla, approaches the boy. His mother watches in horror at what happens next. Hi, this is Jonathan Sapelsa, the proud coach of the Toads organization in in league football. And I would just like to tell everyone in league that they're the foundation that is willing to do further research and and remember our Lord and Savior, the best person to ever be created on this earth, Harambe the Gorilla. He was sadly taken from us in the Cincinnati Zoo in 2016. It's been four years now. The foundation of Harambe is 
is dead set on possibly recreating Harambe, but most especially remembering Harambe for everything he's done for us as a society and as a world. If you donate 69 cents per day, you will get a free t-shirt that says Dick's Out for Harambe with a beautiful picture of Harambe in the background. Please, donate now. We do not have much time until something happens to the foundation. So please, call us today. Dick's Out for Harambe. Unreal what happened in week three, everybody. Unreal. The impossible happened. Hell froze over. Uh, the the Lions won a Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, the Sunfins. The Sunfins finally win a league game. I mean, let's let's hear it for him, guys. I mean, my God, it was about damn time i think it's been at least two years since the sunfins last one and the really hilarious part is um they had uh only two people on their roster on the field um uh, alex smith uh was a no-show and he just got cut for it and um cole fleming was in florida so that left evan good and griffin brown to go out and get uh, Predators quarterback Jack Quinga as a sub. And they went out and they beat the Sailors. Beat them handily, too. So I guess the question that I am wondering is, where do the Sunfins go from here? They're 1-2. and two. They're not out of playoff contention. Not yet, at least. And, I mean... Their next game is against the 69ers. So where do they go from here? I just think it was it was good for them to go out there and get a win. That means every single team in the league will have a win by the year's end. And, I mean, that's that's why we do it. I mean, Evan Good played fantastic. He had four um, reception touchdowns week three. Griffin Brown had three. Um, I mean, Good had had nine receptions on the game. Um, it was just it was encouraging to see. Finally, after all this time, the Sunfins get a win after all the rebranding, the Sunfins vice, the new players. It was fantastic, and I really hope that we see another one coming up this week. Now, do I think that the that the Sunfins could beat the 69ers? Absolutely. I don't see why not. I mean, it's a must win for both teams. Both teams are one and two. But if Cole Fleming comes back, they go out, they sign a, a solid fourth person this week, someone that can actually help the cause a little bit, someone that can rotate in. Evan Good's just starting to get comfortable in, with the league. I mean, we still don't know how Cole's going to perform or if he'll even take it seriously. Hopefully he isn't over there. He doesn't bump it up to the next level and, and start doing lines in the corner. 
But, I mean, and Griffin Brown, that's another thing. Griffin Brown has been extremely underrated this year. And, I mean, you're not going to find stats that put him at the forefront of, of everybody in the league. I mean, right now he's third in sacks. His, his reception numbers aren't top five. But, I mean, he's helping. He's doing his part. He's playing decent cornerback. He's catching balls when they're thrown his way. And most importantly, he's showing up to games. He's the only one of the Sunfins that has been at every single game. And you know what? That deserves a standing ovation because Griffin Brown right now is basically carrying that team. The only consistent one on that team is Mr. Griffin Brown. So, I mean, if Cole can go out, find a fourth person, they roll into that game. The 69ers were, were, have been in close games the entire year, but they usually play, um, with exception to the Sailors, they usually play up or down to their competition. So I think that game will be a close one. Um, I think that Dylan's going to have a lot of enemies um, with Evan Good um, and Griffin Brown on that team. Some rivalry going on, maybe some late hits. That's a game I want to go to. It's it's prime time. It's game of the week. So there's my bid on the Sunfins. Um, their first win in nearly two years comes when Cole Fleming doesn't play. Take that with a grain of salt, but I just think that that's funny. And I hope that Cole can get his first win this next week. I think that would be very good for the Sunfins to get back up to 500, back up to contention, really. It would make that fourth playoff spot um, extremely, extremely interesting, especially with the Sailors. They just signed Joe Caselli. It's going to start heating up really quick here, folks, and I hope that you're ready because these last four weeks are going to be an absolute bloodbath for the playoffs. So we're going to send this over to uh, Mr. Parker Lanzak um, with an interview. Um, You know Parker as the head of league game day. He goes to every single game. We're going to hit him up with some predictions, some hot takes. Uh, Then we'll send it over to an ad. And then when we bring it back, we'll talk about the one and two teams and that fourth playoff spot. We'll also talk about Dylan's uh, shenanigans. We'll touch on the MVP race. And then we'll go over to another uh, break. And then when we bring it back, I think I'm going to add something impromptu on it. I'm going to compare each uh, each league team to an NFL team. I think that would be fun. Um, so we'll have that coming up as well. Um, and then obviously, as I already said, some stat rundowns and some early projections at week three. But right now I will throw this over to Parker Lanzak. We are now joined on Between the Cones by Game Day Zone, Mr. Parker Lanzak, for another edition, or I should say the first edition of Uncensored with Mr. Park Bino. Parker, how's it going? It's going great, Jack. Thank you for uh, bringing me back on here for uh, a new segment. Parker, as always, you are at every single game. I can think of little than anyone else who has more insight than you. So let's just uh, let's dive into this right now. Uh, Parker, we saw basically almost the halfway point this past week yeah and this next four week we will see the you know finishing of these last three weeks of the regular season so let me hit you up for some hot takes halfway through the season what do you got hot takes 
Uh, Sunfins. I do know. Hot take. Sailors make the playoffs. I you think, think the really Sailors can. squeeze in? The squeeze in. I mean, I think they're just going to outplay because, you know, as we all know, Joe Caselli's on them now with Luca. So, as like we saw last week, Luca had an outstanding game. That was just coming off. He had not played league in, like, years. And he comes, and he has the, like, second-best QBR of the week right under Hudson, who's a veteran. That says something. And so I think with Jack, or not Jack, you're Jack, but with Luca and Joe, I think the Sailors can become deadly, and I think they could actually squeeze and get a fourth playoff spot. If they, they definitely, if they went out, definitely for sure, though. Yeah, their top three definitely uh, deadly right now. They're gonna need one uh, Ali Baydoun to step up and yeah. uh, really play decent corner on uh, wide receiver twos. Otherwise, that team's gonna get picked apart. But I could definitely see that. You got any more hot takes, Parker? Not really. I mean, in all honesty, league is pretty much, you know, what it's supposed to be. You know, you have the big team toads. I'm going to be honest, toads are kind of unstoppable here. But then you have the up-and-coming ones like the Preds and the Niners, you know, the Vipers, of course. But really, at this point, like you said, it's halfway through. So maybe a team can flip, you know, get some trades in, you know, cut some players, make some adjustments. And, you know, some teams we thought, you know, wouldn't succeed might actually have some success in league. So. So you kind of gave us a, a little bit of a hot take prediction last time with the uh, the Sailors uh, hot take, but do you have any just just general predictions moving forward with the year? Predictions? Niners might slip up near the end. I think I can see them. That actually leads me to my next question. What do you think about uh, the little thing that Dylan Brown did this past week with the fake trade I'm going to be honest, I had no idea what he was doing. I think it was kind of stupid, in all honesty. I don't know what he was doing. He was trying to get into the Toads' heads or something. I had no idea. I didn't understand any of it. To be honest, I thought it was a real trade. I'm like, that got to make sense. A bit lopsided, I could say, but overall. But I was like kind of weirded out, like Dylan leaving like his team. But so do I know why he did it? No, I don't. I don't think anyone really knows why. And I think it kind of kills team chemistry moving forward too a little bit because this is, I mean, he trashed that team on his way out. I don't know. I don't, Honestly, I don't buy that it was uh, necessarily a joke. I think that he just kind of got cold feet. He said said to his team, if they want me back, I'll um, go. So that just shows, you know, he was willing to leave them. So I definitely think there might be some chemistry problems going on to the season here but who knows the Niners um I've been to their practices I'm gonna be honest they do have good chemistry so maybe this doesn't affect it at all or affects it heavily but definitely definitely puts something uh, puts a spotlight on the Niners and shows the royalty a bit all right so now we're just going to run through the final scores of week three and with our final thing here um the Toads obviously beat uh, the um, 69ers, 45-42. to What did you see in that game? I saw some good football. That's what I saw. I mean, Jesus. I mean, 45-42, to right? So yep. it, it was a three-point loss. So, really, I mean, that just shows. I mean, in a league, obviously, it's a high-scoring league, you know, with, like, two teams scoring over 90 points. So, to see a game that's under 50 for both teams and that close – because it kind of came down to the end, but the Toads got the first down, and you know they kind of settled the game, closed the game out from yeah. there. But yeah, so that's right what I saw. I saw some good football from both teams, but obviously, you know, the best team comes out on top no matter what. 
missed opportunities, all that. So, And then we go over to Viperville as the Vipers uh, took down the Predators and probably the worst killing of a gorilla since Harambe, uh, 59-34. Oh, yeah. to 34. Matt Yeager just dominating in that game. What did you see out of that one? Again, I saw really good football, but I only saw really good football really from one team. I mean, the Preds, you know, like I said, I think last week or last time I was on here, the Preds looked promising, but watching that game, just watching the Vipers kind of dismount them, really, it made me question, you know, are the Preds really that good? Are they going to make it to the playoffs? So that's what I saw out of it. And obviously, the Colin got hit pretty hard in the head, you know, so that raises some questions if he'll be able to play from here on out or if you know he has to take it easy so but then again paul played uh um, messed up injury a little bit and he did fine he did great and then with our final game here the Sunfins picked up their first win of the year without cole fleming as quarterback jack queen is subbing in evan good leading him to a 70 to 56 win against the sailors is this a sign of things for come parker you know what, Jack? This might be another hot take, but no, I don't think so. I think the Sunfins are a cursed team. And, like, okay, granted, they had to bring in a um, player that's on their team, Jack Quinga. So <laughs> I think it was a fluke. I think they got the team on a bad day. And I really think that, you know, maybe they are really that bad. But, you know, like I said, like I said last week, I think they'll get one or two games, one or two wins. So at least they got one. And that wraps up our segment here, Parker. Any uh, any predictions uh, for week four? Anything uh, you want to end on here? For week four, I'm going to say, if I'm going to be honest, media says game of the week will be uh, Sailors and Vipers. Sailors, Vipers. One more question. Is what, the what Joe Caselli hype real? You know what? Joe is it, – it, it's hard to say. I mean, well, I'm getting – you know. Some, I mean, I think he can. Football's football, whatever way you look at it. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I have some inside sources saying he won't even last a week. But who knows? I mean, like I said, he's 50-50. He could be, be good. He could be really good. A lot of people are saying he's really good. Or, you know, he won't take it seriously and hurt the sun, hurt the sailors more than he helps them. Well, Parker, thank you for coming on to the show another week of Uncensored with the Great Park Bino. We appreciate you. Yeah, Jack, I appreciate you and everything you do for the league, all right? Thank you, Parker. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yep. You, Thanks Jack. for being on. Goodbye. Hi, this is Colin from the Preds, cornerback from the Preds, and I want you guys to know to use Trojan condoms whenever you're practicing safe sex because, you know, I know Dylan hasn't used it, because he got three girls pregnant, um, two underage, uh, one to be exact, one was 14, other one was two, but not to get off topic, make sure to use Trojan condoms whenever you're about to fuck. See ya, Preds out. Welcome back to Between the Cones. And the next topic I, I want to be tackling, or I guess I should say two-hand touching, is um, the one and two teams in league. Specifically, which one and two team is the best? So, 
As it sits right now, there are four one and two teams in league. Four teams, just one game underneath the 500 margin. So I thought it would be good and appropriate to kind of rank these teams and see how they play out because for a lot of these teams, the next two weeks are going to decide the season. So let's start with the North. We got the Predators who are one and two. I think that they are definitely a top-tier team. I still think that. I think the score uh, against the Vipers, obviously, it was, it, was an, it was a win for the Vipers. But at the same time, I feel as if it was a lot closer than the score indicates. Um, they got a solid up-and-coming cornerback with Colin Marincelli. You might have just heard his ad. Um, and then, of course, a solid wide receiver dynamic with Landon Brenny and Ryan Zier. And then someone that I ranked as a top three quarterback with Jack Winga. I think they got a tough draw playing the Vipers and Toads back-to-back weeks. Um, or I guess I should say back-to-back-to-back weeks because they play the Toads again this week. Um, but even if they fall to one and three, I would still keep an eye on them because I think it's entirely possible that they win four games this year. Next up in the North is the 69ers, and uh, the 69ers are an odd team because they have a good they have a good duo with Ben Repay and Dylan Brown, and Josh Gilmore and Caleb Johnson are both starters, but I wouldn't say that either of them are elite, not yet at least. They haven't shown it. I think that they I think that the 69ers might be the most average team in league. And average doesn't necessarily mean bad. Average just means you're average. You're not bad, but at the same time, you're not great. You're just kind of there. Like, you'll threaten teams, but do I think that you are a serious contender to to win the rest of your games and go on to the championship? I, I don't know about that. I really don't know if five games or five wins is in the cards for the 69ers, but we'll have to see. We will definitely have to see. Moving to the very competitive Southern Division, we got uh, the Sunfins. Now, we, we've talked a lot about the Sunfins the last two weeks now, about their quarterback, Cole Fleming, about where they sit as a team. We even talked about them right here, so I'm going to keep this short. The Sunfins are... They're just kind of there. And what I mean by that is that the Sunfins... They'll score points, and they have Evan Good, who will score points for you. But are they a serious contender? I don't think so. I think that they need a fourth person extremely bad, because I don't think that they can play three in in a game every single time. They need a nice rotation. And do I buy that Cole is 100% bought into league? I don't. I sell that every single time. And then we move over to the Sailors. Now, the Sailors are an interesting one. Because the Sailors, no one gave a chance coming into this. Now here they sit, one and two, and they just signed Joe Caselli, who is apparently pretty good. Their team is full of question marks. Luca Perry completed 75% of his completion percentage through for like seven touchdown passes. So like, he was good, but then again, it was against lower competition like the Sunfins. So there's two question marks on their team. Joe Caselli and Luca Perry. 
The only consistent one has been Posh Testa, who has pretty much raked up anywhere from 13 to 15 catches a game and a couple touchdowns. And then Ali Baydoun, give him credit, he's gotten better every single week, but he still isn't to a point where he is a shutdown corner or a wide receiver that can catch, you know, 10 balls, nevertheless, maybe five a game. So if they clean up that stuff, Joe Caselli is as good as he is supposed to be. Luca Perry continues to be consistent as he was in the game against the Sunfins. And if Ali Badoon continues to be better, I could see them as probably a three or four win team. But it all starts tonight against the Vipers if they want to kind of come back in this. Because if they lose tonight, one and three, you still got the Toads on the board. You still ha- you still have to play the 69ers again, the Predators again. I, I don't buy it. I just, I'm sorry, I don't. So, that's where they sit right now. I think that there's a lot, uh, I think the two of them are at least contenders for the playoffs, and they're both in the North with the Predators and 69ers. And then the Sunfins and Sailors, the Sunfins, you pretty much know what you're getting, especially if team captain Cole Fleming refuses to go out and sign a fourth person. And with the Sailors, it's just, we don't know. And, and I'm not going to speculate on the unknown because uh, odds are I'll be wrong. But it all starts tonight. And that's that's the deciding factor on the rest of their season. We're going to throw this to uh, commercial break here. When we come back, we'll compare the league teams to NFL teams. Um, we will also be talking a little bit about Dylan Brown's shenanigans this past week. This is Luca the Cannonball Perry, and when I finish up a game of league, I want to fill up on a box of Taco Bell's $5 Chalupa box. So we only usually do three segments of the show, but I'm going to add a conditional fourth here just because I think it deserves to be talked about, and I think it, it should be talked about, and that is... I guess I should start with a question, and that is, Dylan, Dylan Brown, what are you doing, man? I mean, this man might have single-handedly destroyed his entire team chemistry with all three of his other players in a single day last week when he apparently was traded, air quotes, traded to the Predators. He traded himself, which apparently was a joke. I don't know who he was trying to fool, but it was apparently just one big joke. And apparently during this joke, he felt the need to say that he didn't think his team could win at all. And he thought that this trade would be for the best for him. And he's got to look out for uh, number one. I, I mean, if it's a joke, why are you saying that stuff? If you know that you're, that it's not going to happen, and that's where that's where I think I think that this was actually a legitimate thing, and I think Dylan either got cold feet or Landon pulled out of the deal, because there is no way that Dylan would have said that stuff knowing that he was going back. This was a man who was who was in, freed from a situation that he didn't like, got to go to a team with a decent wide receiver core, and basically burned every single bridge on his way out. I mean, Kevin Durant and and Dylan Brown, what do they have in common? 
I'll give you a hint. It's scaly and it slithers. And no, they don't play for the Vipers, but they're both freaking snakes. So that's where that's where I stand on that. I just I don't understand why Dylan would do that. I think it makes no sense halfway through the season to to basically tell your teammates that you lost confidence in them. I mean, the front office and ownership with with Cal Smiley, I don't know how he's thinking about this situation where your team captain basically trades himself to a division rival in the north. I don't know. I question it. I don't know who he was trying to fool. I think it's all one big hoax. And I think the entire thing was was either one side or the other side decided not to go through with this deal. So that's where I stand on that issue. Um, we're going to send it back for a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have some stat rundowns from this last week, along with some early predictions at week four. My shoulders carry a lot of names. Some I deserve and some I don't and some that are kind of true, but the only name that matters is my own. One thing my shoulders will never carry is dandruff. That's why every game day before I go catch passes for the Vipers, I use head and shoulders. My name is Owen Fleming, Toad's quarterback, and when I use Gillette razors, I get a perfect shave every time. Gillette razors, the best a man can get. Go Toad's. All right, final segment going on here. We're just going to discuss uh, some of the uh, statistics uh, for week three. Um, just kind of get a quick rundown um, right before we start this new week of league starting tonight. Vipers versus Sailors at West Middle School. Feel free to stop by, uh, take a gander at what league has to offer. Uh, so let's run down the touchdown list real quick. So, uh, I mean, there was there was a lot of touchdowns scored. Um I mean, we have, let's see, I mean, five people tied for third place on that. I mean, with, with Posh, Testa, Bryce Baumgart, Evan Good, and then the Brown brothers, all amounting to six touchdowns. Uh, how about Luca the Cannonball Perry? His his uh, Sailors debut with seven touchdown passes. And then, of course, Hudson Shields. Uh, it's not a surprise. He's been doing it all year uh, with a solid eight touchdown passes. Um. But, uh, I mean, a lot of points scored this past week. And, I mean, you want to know how many points scored on the season? I can hook you up with that as well. The Vipers are tied with number one on the year with the 69ers. Two very high-powered offenses score a lot with 192 points each, followed by, surprisingly enough, the Sunfins uh, at 147, then the Sailors at 137, and then the Predators 131. And dead last, the undefeated Toads with 129 points scored per game. Now, you want to talk about defenses. Now, that's a different story. The Toads are are number one. Um, they got the number one defense right now. Um, the least amount of points scored against them with 118. The worst defense in the league takes the field tonight. The Sailors, who are currently have let up 188 points. Um. So then we move on to the reception touchdowns. Paul Schmidt is tied with Posh Testa. They both had five apiece, followed by Ben Repay and Evan Good tied at, um, I guess you could say, third place with four apiece. Um, I'm also tied at third. That's a familiar name, Jack Crum, myself, uh, with four touchdowns. Uh, still got bench, though. And then um, we have uh, Griffin Brown 
with three. And then just pure receptions, we got Posh Testa with 17 on uh, week three. We have Matt Yeager with 12. Ryan Zier, how about that, coming out, uh, carrying the wide receiver core for the first time for the Predators with 11 receptions, Michael Crusoe with 10, and then Ben Repay and Evan Good tied with nine apiece. Now, we want to talk about QBR, some QB statistics. Hudson Shields, number one, He's got uh, 141.4, followed by Luca Perry with 135.7, then Dylan Brown with 104.9, and then Jack Quingo with 81 even. And, I mean, completion percentage, man. Look at this. Luca the Cannonball, Perry, 75%, then Jack Quingo with 66, Hudson Shields, 62, and Dylan Brown with a not-so-good 44% against the Toads. I still got benched though and um i mean toad's defense has been lights out and and the 69ers and uh vipers offense has been lights on um and then uh also this week something that should be known should be said the mvp race the first polling for the mvp race took place and here's how it played out just missing the cut was uh, michael caruso and matt yeager two vipers then just getting in at fifth place was Dylan Brown, followed by fourth, Landon Brenny, three, Posh Testa, two, uh, the Toad Zone, Bryce Baumgart, and number one, the Vipers quarterback, Hudson Shields, having a terrific year over there. And those are our week three statistics. Now, if you want to move forward and we will preview this week's games, I'd be more to ha- more than happy to do so. Um, this week, the Vipers, or I should say tonight, the Vipers take on the Sailors uh, at West Middle School. Should be an interesting game, as we touched on already. Joe Caselli signing with the Sailors this past week, so we'll see if that makes a difference. And then we also have the Predators trying to get revenge on the Toads after losing them two weeks ago. And then the game of the week, uh, Dylan Brown versus Colt Fleming quarterbacks facing off in this one as it's the 69ers versus Sunfins. So a slew of interesting games. And real quick, let's do my game picks real quick. I'm going 69ers edge out the Sunfins this week. I'm saying the Toads beat the Predators, and I think that the Vipers are going to end up beating the Sailors. So those are my week three predictions. Thank you to everyone who has uh, been uh, watching or shouldn't say watching, listening, uh, the people who uh, constantly want this and ask for it, it, it is appreciated. And um, we will have another, uh, between the cones, another episode week four next next week. Uh, next Saturday, it will be recording. And uh, thank you for listening. And this has been another episode of Between the Cones. I'm Jack Crum.